Welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining us on the line is Robert Larson. He comes to us from the other side of Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, Heather. Glad to do this. Yeah, it's always great to have you. And so we have all updates for this particular one. We have an update of a story we went with on the McStay family who were found uh, murdered out in the desert. No one had heard from them for quite some time. And somebody found the grisly discovery of finding the whole family buried in the desert. And we were suspecting maybe drug cartels or a lot of different things. Um, there's an update, and now it's gone national with People Magazine covering the story. Yeah, uh, this is a really tragic story. And, uh, you know, it's a local family from uh, Fallbrook, California, right? And this uh, stuff up with Riverside County area. Um, yeah, that's where they were from, but they've been missing for three years. And just a couple weeks back, as you said, they found their bodies buried in shallow graves near Victorville out there in the desert, and uh, yeah, it's really become a national story. Actually, I mean, I think it's been national for a while that they've had on uh, one of these uh, America's Most Wanted type of TV shows. <laughs> I don't think it was exactly that one, but, you know, those kind of shows, they did a feature on it. But, um, so yeah, but it's in People Magazine now, which is like really mainstream in the sense that everybody that goes to the supermarket line is going to see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they, there's a guy who has a book, book uh, on it, and he's got a bunch of details. I mean, it's still very speculative because we still have no suspects or you know, nobody's been arrested. People have, uh, police have questioned quite a few people. But, uh, you know, the People Magazine feature, they have some pictures of the family, nice-looking couple, cute, cute little boy. Enough. They um, seem to nothing that extraordinary about their lives, but there were, there were a couple of things that were a little weird. The, the wife, uh, her name is Summer, she um, has been known over the years to use several aliases. Huh. And, I mean, and that could be completely innocent now in the Internet age. People do use fake names on their Facebook accounts and whatnot, just for uh, usually pretty innocuous reasons. But, uh, you know, the fact that you might have used some aliases over some uh, years, that usually draws a little bit of suspicion from uh, police when crimes are involved. There's also a rumor one of the neighbors or somebody said that they, they, they thought that the wife Summer might have been involved in some kind of an affair. And, and again, there's no proof on that, but it's just a speculation from somebody. And uh, so, yeah, there, there's that. There's uh, uh, what else did they bring forth in this, this story? But um, yeah, there's a book that the author, uh, it's a, Rick Bates, has got a book called No Goodbyes. I think it just came out. So, that anybody really interested in the story might want to check that out. It, it, again, it sounds a lot of it's very speculative at this point, but the police have been, you know, talking to all kinds of friends, business acquaintances, and really uh, trying to find something else out about this story, Heather, and it's just a, it's still pretty mysterious. Yeah, it definitely sounds that way. Speaking of mysterious, Will Lamar's uh, Autumnwood neighborhood, there was a sample... Uh, survey that was done and the sample survey was done and it apparently turns out they couldn't find any contamination the people that actually live there are crying shenanigans yeah the, the, the Autumnwood uh, neighborhood in Wildemar you and I have been talking about this story for a while because it's ongoing and there's been no solution to it but over the last eight years or whatever several people who lived in this little neighborhood have gotten sick and a couple have died and it's conceivable that 
this is unrelated, that it's just coincidence, but it, I don't think that's very likely. Yeah. So, um, they've gotten involved with attorneys and bringing different groups in, and, and the, the people are really upset and really scared. And they had a, a, an attorney and a private group do some testing, and they found something that was a little suspicious, but not like earth shaking. And then there was government agency that did some other testing and didn't find anything. So now they brought in another government agency that did some more testing to try to see what the gaps were between these two previous studies. And they just released some uh, a statement, but not any of the official full-on data, but just a statement saying that no contamination has been found. And they were testing for certain types of chemicals that could possibly make people sick. And all of those came in within acceptable levels. This is what they're saying. Uh -huh. Of course, many of the people are suspicious because it's just a statement and there's no uh, um, data being released with it. They say that's going to be released next month. So it sort of leaves you with kind of uh, three possible scenarios. I'm sure there could be others, but this is what I've come up with. And one is that um, there are other chemicals that they're just not testing for, for whatever reason, something maybe way more mysterious. The reason there is a suspicion about this at all is because when these homes were built around 10 years ago, the fill dirt that they used was known to have trash and other debris in it, so it's, think, it's thought that there was possibly some toxic uh, contaminants there because it's like dumpster or it appears to be. Yeah. And so maybe there are other chemicals they haven't thought of testing and that's what's going on. Or, the second idea that I have about this is that maybe it's something radioactive. They've don't seem to be testing for radioactive uh, materials. The third thing that probably a lot of people in power want to be the explanation for this is that everybody is just hysterical and it's just a coincidence that all these people have gotten sick. So that's where we're at. But I think that the people who live there, they are not giving up. They seem determined to go further with this, whether they have to hire their own people to do more tests or whatever they have to do. It could bring in someone like an Aaron Brockovich but um, they are not satisfied with the latest uh, proclamation from the authorities. No, I wouldn't be either, especially after, you know, buying a house and then seeing everybody get sick and people just abandoning houses that, you know, they weren't underwater on. They just can't live there anymore because they're always sick. Well, and that's the other thing, Heather. Even if this, there is no contamination, which I find unlikely, but uh -huh. even if there is no contamination, the word is out. You can't sell your house. Nobody wants to buy that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we're going to move on to two related stories of outsourcing slash privatization. One of them is Hemet, where the citizens want to recall city council members over outsourcing the fire department. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of these municipalities and that are trying to save money, and I understand that times are, are, are bad. Economy is still not recovered, really. No. And, um, so, their uh, Hemet, the three city council members are facing a recall, and this is because uh, the voters are very upset and say that these uh, council members did not follow their, their campaign promises, and I guess one of those had to do with keeping the fire department intact, the Hemet fire department in local, and they have decided they want to try to save money and uh, uh, sort of like outsource it and have a, a fire department from another area take care of their fire calls 
which is, um, it doesn't sound like it's a privatization scheme, but it, it seems like there's still is probably some money involved, even when these uh, fire departments are not private. Uh, they, they look at, you know, their job security, and when they have more places that they cover, that that's that's better for their unit. Yeah. And, uh, and who knows if there's money being passed around? That of course is speculative. And but it's just it's more people are just upset because they had this feeling of that this this is our fire department. These are our guys. You know, people like that local people, uh, our people taking care of our stuff. And uh, this is like sending it to somebody else to do. He doesn't understand the neighborhood as well, and just. Uh, the jobs are maybe not going to be here now. The people they're going to be hiring, you know, the people who are going to be working in these fires are they live elsewhere. So it's yeah, hurt the local economy. I don't know. Oh, it probably will because those are firefighters are solid middle class jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing that isn't a solid middle-class job is crossing guards. In Riverside, they're trying to privatize that flat out. Uh, the crossing guard budget currently is 800000 and by privatizing it, they think they're going to save $150,000 in their overall budget. Um, yeah, $10 an hour. That's just uh, too much money to be giving to people. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, we can't afford that, that, that poverty wage. But, you know, crossing guard, you said, it's not a middle-class job. It's generally older people who uh, really like kids. Yeah. I like doing that and like to be there and help make a safe environment for the kids. And they make, um, it's probably um, money that helps tide them over with whatever elder income they might have. And it's, uh, you know, they're saying, yeah, 800000 is the current budget. They're saying that they think they can save 127000 by outsourcing this. And you... You're like, well, how are they saving money? Okay, so maybe they're going to pay the minimum wage. I guess that that's a bit of savings there, but that's that's really nasty. I mean, minimum ten dollars an hour is bad enough. Yeah. Um, they, they, I guess there's an issue of work-related injuries to crossing guards, and they're saying that that cost the city more than six hundred thousand dollars since January 2008. And um, I don't know. So if a private entity does this, and there are work-related injuries and who pays for that yeah definitely that's a big question state i mean so it sounds in a certain sense like they because the company is probably not going to pay for it no i i'm kind of picturing arbitration myself right and uh you know i think it's just a lot of that gets pushed onto the state uh you know and, and it's, so it takes one of the locals of the state but it, it's just another issue of like pushing things out and the whole uh, uh, from the locals to some other group and somebody who doesn't really care about it as much as so, uh, somebody that's based there in the city. I mean, let's say the city government itself being in charge of it. So it, it's that, it's it just uh, this privatization frenzy and uh, the, the, there's still a libertarian freaks out there who say privatization is always better. I wouldn't just say libertarian freaks. I think there's freaks within the Democratic Party that think that too. Yeah, I mean, across the political spectrum. But that's yeah. Where, that's where it started. Force comes from. It's where the think tanks are located to push this stuff. Oh, definitely. Uh, we have two updates very briefly before I get going. Uh, one was a, the cop that shot a guy in the bar that was unprovoked. He was found guilty. And the Mormon uh, minister that was found guilty of uh, molestation. Can you tell us more about those two? Yeah, this is... Uh... 
Yeah, definitely. Kind of good to see that that does happen once in a while. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyways, uh, Robert Larson, he joins us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Uh, he'll be back with us in three weeks when he go back live. We're taking two weeks off for the Christmas and the New Year's. I think both of those days uh, fall on the Tuesday this year. So, anyways, Robert Larson, until uh, the New Year, 2014, can you believe it? Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, this is, of course, is the Heather McCoy Show.